You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. Okay, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Musar Masterclass, Part 3. So I just want to share with everyone that I thoroughly enjoyed last week's discussion uh, because it helped me get many of the things that I needed to get done, done. And I, I hope everyone else shares with me that same experience. I hope everyone's uh, taking those those notes daily and thinking about all of the incredible work and growth that we can experience through our Musar study. Today's topic is a very, very critical topic for our generation more than almost any other generation. It is the most important topic we will ever discuss. We've discussed it many times in our classes here. But in this Muster Masterclass, I am telling you, if we are able to master this one trait, it was worth everything in the world. Because this trait of appreciation, which is hakarata tov, in Hebrew, it's recognizing the good. It's not appreciating, but it's recognizing. Recognize the good that is bestowed upon you. And your life will change. I just want to preface this with a story. This story is a true story. It happened to me and a student of, of, of this organization of Torch. He, we, we were once, uh, we met at, at Starbucks and, uh, he tells me, Rabbi, my life is miserable. There is nothing good about my life. I'm never going to get married. Life is just one big black hole and it's terrible. So I said, you know, it's amazing. It's, it's really fascinating. I said, how did you get here? He says, that's my car right outside. I said, how much do you owe on that car? He says, nothing. I said, where do you live? He says, I have a home, you know, a few blocks away. I said, and how much do you owe on that home? Nothing. And here you are sitting on a, uh, drinking a $7 latte, holding a $1,000 iPad, and you're telling me that everything is miserable in your life. I said, let me tell you what the problem is. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a psychologist. But I'll tell you what I think is a problem. I said, the problem is, is that you don't realize how good your life is. I said, I'm going to give you an exercise. And the exercise is that you take a pen to open up your, your tablet right here. And I want you to open up a note, a notepad. And I want you to start writing 10 things that you're grateful for. I said, I'm waiting. We'll do this together. It's going to be an exercise. We're going to do this together. And he had a very difficult time finding 10 things that he was grateful for. 10 things. I said, are you grateful that you have life? Yeah, I guess so, right? Are you grateful that you have parents? Yeah, it's pretty pretty awesome, right? Are you grateful that you have siblings? Are you grateful that you have a home, that you have a car, that you are able to drink not through a pipe, that you're able to actually drink your coffee, your latte? Are you happy that you have, are you grateful that you have feet? 
and hands and eyes and ears and a nose. So we started putting together this list. I said, you're, you have homework. And your homework is that when you go home, I want you to put together 50 things you're grateful for. Not We did 10 together. I want you to get to 50. Call me when you get to 50. So he calls me back two days later. He says, Rabbi, I got my 50 things that I'm grateful for. It's on my list. I said, great. Now I'm going to give you the homework now. The homework is that every morning when you wake up, I want you to stand in front of the mirror and read this list of the 50 things you're grateful for. Read it in front of the mirror and say, I'm grateful for my car and I'm grateful for my parents and I'm grateful for the air that I breathe, for the oxygen. I'm grateful and write each one of those things that you wrote down on your list. I want you to list them off to yourself in front of the mirror. Now, the happy ending of the story is that about eight months later, I officiated his wedding. He found an amazing bride at one of the torch classes, and his whole life turned around. And it was what was amazing is that he invited me to officiate his son's bris. And when I walked into the house, there were there were it was it was a COVID bris, so there weren't that many people there. But whoever was there didn't understand why when I walked in the door, he yelled out, I have my list. <laughs> he had his list and he came over to me, he said, I want you to know my whole life changed because of this list. I was single, I was depressed, I was lonely, I had no hope, I had no future, nothing. I wasn't marketable. He said that turned everything around. Now I realize how much good I have. So I want to use this story as a as a um, as an introduction to what it means to be a Jew. Our name as Yehudi, or as Yehudim in plural, comes from the term Yehuda, which means to give thanks to give, acknowledge, the and appreciate the goodness that's bestowed upon you. A Jew opens up his mouth every morning with the first word as modeh ani lefanecha, which is thank you. I thank you, God. The first words we say every morning, saying thank you. Thank you. And if you look at all of the incredible prayers that we have, all of what we're saying is thank you and thank you and thank you. And we appreciate the trees and the birds and the flies and the every, the things that are even annoying to us sometimes. We have to thank them, thank for them too. The concept of Judaism is about giving thanks. You know, there's a, um, in this week's Torah portion, we talk about the Ten Commandments, right? The Fifth Commandment seems to not to be misplaced. It's honor your father and mother. Now, we know that the first five, ta- five commandments, the first five commandments are the mitzvahs between man and God, and the second set, the second five commandments are 
mitzvahs between man and man. So why is honor your father and mother on the first side? Why is it in the category of mitzvahs that are between man and God? Our sages tell us that this mitzvah of appreciation or gratitude or recognizing the good is founded in that same mitzvah of honoring your father and mother. Honoring your father, why? Because it's the same exercise you're going to need to do to appreciate and recognize the goodness that God bestows upon you. If you don't have the proper recognition of what your parents do for you, there's no way in the world you'll have an appreciation and recognition for what God does for you. It's a prerequisite. A prerequisite to having a relationship with God is having a basic relationship of appreciation and acknowledgement of, of what our parents have done for us. And being a parent, we sometimes can get an inkling of an idea of how the children will never realize what it is that we do for them. They don't realize how worried we can be, how much time is invested in thinking about everything they need, all their clothes that they need, all of the food that they need, every single child with their own specific specialty, with their own unique personality. That is the 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 responsibility, the undertaking of parents. And if a child doesn't recognize that, it's very hard for that child, potentially, to recognize the goodness that God bestows upon them. I have some remarkable stories I want to share with you about this trait. But let's first look at last week's Torah portion. Sorry, two weeks ago. So we start with the plagues. And Moshe, Moses, the first plague is the plague of blood. He's supposed to strike the Nile River and everything's going to turn into blood. Moses says, I can't do it. Why can't he do it? Because this same Nile saved my life. He was placed into the basket and floated on that Nile. He says, the same Nile that saved my life. I can't go ahead and hit it now. The same was with the next plague of the frogs and the next plague of the of the lice. He couldn't hit the earth. Why? This earth helped bury the Egyptian that struck the Jew. He said, I can't hit the earth. But then in this week's Torah portion, the Jewish people are leaving Egypt. And they get to the sea. And it says that they arrived at the sea armed. They arrived at the sea armed. They got arms. They got weapons. They got bows and arrows. They got spears. They got whatever they needed to fight against the Egyptians. It says, V'chamushim alub ne Yisrael. The Jewish people were armed. So let me ask you a question. If an enemy nation is coming to, towards you, what do you do? Do you say, God, God, split the sea, split the sea? Or do you take your arms and, and fight? The Jewish people didn't fight. 
against the Egyptians, their captors. They were enslaved to the Egyptians for 210 years, and they wouldn't want to fight with them. You know why? Because of this very trait of recognizing the good that you've benefited. A sense of gratitude. What gratitude do the Jews owe the Egyptians? Our sages tell us, when the when there was a famine throughout the land, no land had food. It was a drought across the globe. The 70 descendants of Jacob descended to Egypt, and the Egyptians welcomed them in. They said, come, we'll give you food. We'll take care of you. We'll feed you. For that appreciation, the Jewish people couldn't fight them now. They need an alternative miracle. We can't go and stab someone who fed us. We can't go and shoot someone who just fed us. It's a remarkable sense of loyalty. I can't, I can't do it. We see so many more examples throughout the Torah. By the way, Yisro, a non-Jew, the Torah is given in his, in his portion, named for him. Should be, the, the Torah portion should be, should be named Moshe, should be named Aaron, it should be named any name, Abraham, Joseph, no portion named for any of our patriarchs or matriarchs, except for Sarah. But you do have a portion named for a convert. For a convert. If you look at Rashi, the first verse of this week's Torah portion, it says, what did he hear about? What excited him about Judaism? It was that story at the sea where he heard the Jewish people were not willing to fight the Egyptians. He says, wow, that's a special people. I need to find out more about these people. We see that Moshe, also in this week's Parsha, Moshe comes, he hears that, you know, the the Jewish people, just so we understand what was going on over there, the Jewish people in the desert, they're being protected from all four sides by clouds, clouds beneath them and clouds above them so they don't burn in the desert, and the clouds around them, which is like our sukkah that we sit in on Sukkot, the clouds around them was protecting them from enemy nations, from the, from the elements as well. So you couldn't just walk in and say hello to the Jewish people. You had to sort of knock on those clouds, knock on the door, and they'd say, who are you? And you say, I'm Yisro. All right, Yisro, what are you here for? I'm here for your leader, Moses. So Moses comes out, greets him, and has and wines and dines him. Why does Moses do that? Well, Moses had appreciation for Yisro. Yisro took him in, gave him his daughter, protected him, stops everything. He's he's got a big show to uh, to, to run here. Stopped everything, so that he can give the proper recognition, to give the proper attention. But I want, I want to tell you an amazing story. 
there was a great, great sage. His name was Yisrael Yaakov, Kanye- Yisrael Yaakov Kanievsky. You may have heard of Reb Chaim Kanievsky, who was his son, a Torah super, super scholar. Knows every single letter of Torah inside out, exactly where it is. Now you can ask him anything. Oh, where does it say that? I'll tell you exactly where it says it. Learns all day. So his father wrote some very, very legendary uh, books. In fact, he was named the Stipler. That was they named him. That was his name. And the Stipler published books that were distributed no place. They weren't distributed any. You wanted to buy it. You had to go to his house. He didn't have distributors. You didn't have uh, all these bookstores. You got so what? What happened to the American Jewry? Jews in America wanted to buy his books, right? He had a distributor, a specific individual, and he was the one who, if you wanted to buy the books in the United States, you'd go to this person's house and he would sell it to you. But then came the industrialized world. In the nineties, when the eighties. Whenever it was that, you know, you had mass distribution, you were able to distribute things in stores and you were able to, you know, technology was picking up. So this guy was suddenly out of business. And this individual in New York who was the, the sole distributor was no longer a distributor because now you had all of these Judaica stores, all these bookstores, and they would be able to, you had distributors who would mass distribute it. So he was out of business. But this great rabbi, the stipler, was getting old. And he he'd get letters, like most rabbis do. He'd get many, many letters. And he would respond to every letter until he got very old. When he got old, he wasn't able to write any more letters. He was very, very tired, very weak. And he wasn't able to respond. But when he received a letter from this individual from New York... He responded to the letter. He said, I have to make an exception. And he wrote him, wrote him back a very nice, long letter. And he walked over to this individual's father's house, which was a few blocks away, and he was already an elderly man. He walked all the way to the father's house. He knocks on the door, and he's like, what? What is the great rabbi doing here? He says, here is a letter. I want you to give this letter, please, to your son, or send it to your son. He's in New York. Send it to your son. Okay. Three days later, the rabbi comes again to the father's door and knocks on the door. And he says to the father, did you mail the letter yet? He says, no, I didn't mail it yet. He says, then great, give it back to me. I have a new letter for him. So the father asks him, what's the difference between the letters? He said, nothing is different. It's word for word the exact same letter. He says, but my intention was a different intention. He says, the first one, I was just thinking about, I didn't want him to be upset at me that the the distribution was taken away from him. I was thinking, he said, but the second letter, which I wrote, again, the exact same words was written with a totally different intention is because I wanted him to know how much I appreciated everything he's done for me. So I wrote the same letter, but with a totally different intention. I had an intention that it should be a a form of 
gratitude and appreciation for the years that he took care of all of my distribution in the United States. Being careful that it's not just a an act, but making sure it's the, an act with, for, for the right intention. You know, it's it's interesting that we we many times think, well, I'm paying the person for it. I have a housekeeper. I pay her, right? Paying her, that's that's not relevant to appreciation. When you have someone who comes and does something for you, you have a landscaper, you have uh, someone who takes care of your pool, a guard by the by the front of your uh, by, of your uh, little community, gated community. They're there for you. Yeah, it's true that you pay them. You know, it says a very interesting thing. It says a good guest. What does a good guest do? A good guest says everything that the hostess prepared. They prepared for me. So the Talmud says, uh, because you could think and you could say to yourself, you know what? I'm sure they were going to eat dinner themselves anyway. So it's not like, you know, they prepared anything special for me. The Talmud says, no, that's not the proper perspective. You have to go in with the, with the, with the frame of mind that everything that they prepared was for me. Specifically for me. And I, I want to just share with you on a side note that we've had many, many, many hundreds, if not thousands of people around our Shabbos table. We've been very blessed to have so many people. And I can tell you that my wife, who is a master hostess, remembers what she served for each time the person came to our house. She remembers, but they didn't like that fish. I'm going to make a different one. Right? So the person coming to the house will think, well, well, they're making fish anyway for Shabbos. They're making meat anyway for Shabbos. Yeah, but she made the one that she knew that the guest would like. You understand? It's like I saw it from the other side also that really, it, you know, when you have someone coming to visit, you're having, you think, okay, what do they like? What do, what, right? You're thinking, you're constantly, that's the right way for a guest to think about things. So now if that applies to when we're a guest in someone's house, Shouldn't that apply to someone who's working for us, an employee? Well, they need a they need a living, so they have to work someplace. So they're working here. I don't need to thank them. No. Nope. A true, a good guest thinks that their hosts prepared everything just for them. We have to realize in our generation that we're living in today, today, two thousand and twenty-two. We're dealing with a struggle. The world is struggling, and especially our young generation is struggling to find meaning. They're struggling to find purpose. They're struggling to find... It, it, they're dealing with many different d- depression. They're dealing with uh, you know a lot of social pressures. This one ingredient can change their entire life. Being grateful and thankful all day. Now, how many times a day do I have to be grateful? So if we look at the laws of brachot, of saying blessings, the halacha tells us, and we learn this from King David, and there's hints to it in the Torah, that we should say a hundred blessings a day. A hundred blessings a day equals to 
remembering how grateful you are in a, about a, an average of every seven minutes. If you're up for 16 hours a day, you sleep eight hours a night, right? Divide that up into, into uh, 100 blessings. It's about, give or take, seven minutes. That's how much we need to remind ourselves every seven minutes how great our life is, how blessed we are. Blessing isn't just something we say, oh, thanks, God, thank you, thank you. Uh, I just had to pay my, pay my dues. No, it's realize how blessed you are. You're about to take a bite into an apple. Realize how blessed you are. Gratitude is not, we shouldn't see gratitude as being a debt we need to pay. Which, by the way, is naturally why people don't like to show gratitude. If you think of children, right? If you, you hold a, a lollipop out to a child and you say, okay, you want the lolly? Say please. They'll say please, but then they run away. Why don't they say thank you? Ch- children, why? Because their their emotions are much more raw than ours. The thank you is a debt. It's a debt. They feel it's a debt. And that's not pleasant. So we try to avoid showing our thanks. Try to avoid it. But that's what we need to overcome. We need to overcome it because when we're able to verbalize and speak out our thanks and our gratitude and our appreciation, you know what happens? It brings a whole new level of love into our lives. A relationship that is built on appreciation is a relationship that is madly in love. A relationship that doesn't have proper appreciation and even verbal appreciation. It doesn't have to be that you're expressing it with something, with flowers or with a thank you note, that just with verbalizing it. Right? And if, God forbid, a relationship doesn't have that, it's very, it could be very stressful and very painful. I want to share with you how, not only with human beings, not only with parents, not only with God, but with objects, we need to show our gratitude. My mother went to pay a shiva call to a Rebetzin in our community where we grew up in Muncie, Rebetzin Schwab. Her husband was a, an unbelievably pious Jew. You'd see my mother, I, I would see my mother, she would drive by where my school was, and I see my mother's face was glowing. And I was like, what's going on? She's like, I just saw Rabbi Schwab. Like, she just had to see him. And her whole day was lit up. You know, like, that's the type of pious Jew he was. He was just like, you saw his face and you like, so. My, when, when he passed away, my youngest brother, by the way, is named after him. Mordechai. She told my mother, when my mother was there for the shiva call, she said, I want you to know what a special man my husband was. He didn't take anything for granted. She said, even the clothes that he wore, they were worn out. He wore those pants for years. He wore those shirts for years. Just throw them out. He would fold them like the day he got them. He would fold them neatly. 
and he would put it on his bed and he would he would you know brush his hands over the 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 garments and he would say thank you for dressing me so nicely thank you for keeping me warm thank you for taking such good care of me and he would you know every day he would move it further down his bed when he got to the end of the bed he would wrap it up nicely put it into a bag and throw it in the garbage not taking it for granted what it's a pair of pants you'll get another pair of pants it's not a big deal it's like you know just like no 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 it took care of me i need to acknowledge that you know there was a yeshiva there's a famous picture actually of a great rabbi rab eliel apian i verified this story yesterday with his great-grandson Reb Eli Lapian, there's a famous picture of him feeding milk to a cat. He had a, a bowl that he prepared, and he gave the, the, the cat some milk. It's a famous picture. And I never knew the story behind the picture. But what happened was, is that where his yeshiva was, it was in Rechassim, in northern Israel. And there was a terrible problem with mice and with all of the, uh, all of the unwanted creatures you know, so they decided the only way to, to solve all of these issues in the yeshiva was to bring in a cat. They brought a cat to the yeshiva, and the cat put things in order. There were no more mice, right? There were no more rodents. Gone. Okay, so now that they were gone, it's time to get rid of the cat. I said, no, this cat took care of us, Right? We have to show our gratitude. And that's when he was giving him the milk. And that's the famous picture that I've seen so many times over my life. I never knew the story behind that picture. But that's why he was showing his students, you need to show proper gratitude. We need to show proper appreciation. And how many times do we have to wait for something to go wrong for us to suddenly realize how good we had it? Anybody ever... Wake up in the morning, right? You're in Duluth, uh, Minnesota, right? It's it's cold, uh, 30 degrees below, you said before, right? You get into your car, you put your key in the ignition or you push your fancy uh, auto start button and the car doesn't start. It goes tick, 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 tick. And you're like, oh, no, right? And you're, you, you suddenly realize... At least this has happened to me. I suddenly realized, you know, I never really appreciated that I just put my key in the ignition and the car starts. We take it for granted. But we can't take it for granted. We cannot. We can't allow ourselves. Because that, okay, so you have the issue with the car and you try again and someone tries to boost and it still doesn't work. And you you take it to the mechanic, the mechanic fixes it, and then you put your key in and you're like, ah, right? That, that, That joy that pleasure that pleasureful sound it's it's awesome but why don't we have that every day you see if we had a feeling of appreciation and gratitude and a recognition of goodness every day like we do when we start that engine after we fix the car we'd be the happiest people on on planet earth we would never ever have a rotten day Because every day is awesome. And the truth is, 
in Judaism, that's the way we want our days to begin. With that attitude, every single day, we say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's not a given that we have an extension to the lease for another day. The lease on life. It's not a given. Anybody know when we're checking out? Nobody knows. We don't know when the, when the lease ends. Every day is a new gift. Every day. How do we start that day? We start our day saying thank you. It's su- it's such a powerful trait. You know, I don't I don't I don't even know what more do we need to do? You know, what type of exercise do we need to do to get ourselves into that habit where every day we live, every moment we live with gratitude? It's not only if someone does something for me, I'll say thank you nicely. Oh, you did a favor for me? I'll do a favor for you. We'll get into that when we talk about kindness. We talk about chesed. We talk about kindness. You know, I told my wife, this is many, many years ago. You know, when you when you do carpools and you do uh, uh, play dates for the kids. So I remember once there was an inference that my wife was saying that, well, their kid was by us last week, so I, I can ask them a favor. You know, it's like, or some people use the term, they owe me one, right? You know that term? I told my wife, I don't want to ever be that one. I don't want to ever be that person. I will have their kids a thousand times. I'm not going to ask them once a favor in return. And if they have our kids, right, it shouldn't be a tit for tat. That's not kindness. Kindness is not, well, you did for me, so I do it for you. That's not kindness. And we'll get to that when we talk about kindness. I'll do it a thousand times for you, and I don't want anything in return. And you have no, I have no credit by you because of the kindness I did. It's an important dis- distinction. It's like wh- gratitude is not that, oh, you did something for me, I need to do something for you. So you need to recognize. Yes, of course, we need to acknowledge and we need to say thank you and we need to be appreciative. But that's not what it is. It's really stopping and thinking of how much we've benefited from any other creature on planet Earth, from any other object on planet Earth. Right? If I've benefited from this table, how can I destroy this table? You understand? Right? Even, you ever have a, a pen, a pen breaks, right? Sometimes it breaks. You just, ah, throw it out, right? Thank you. Thank you for giving me the ability to write. There shouldn't be a thing in our lives that we don't take a moment to stop and appreciate. Recognize the goodness. Recognize how this served you so well. Okay, it's time is done. You don't just throw it out. You know, we see that when... <clears throat> You know, there's a a proper way to depart from something. We see that with human beings. We don't just depart with them, you know. We have a, a whole, the proper way to say goodbye. But to inanimate objects, we see there's so many examples that we can, that we can, we can, we can uh, talk about. But, um, In Deuteronomy 23, verse 8, it says, Do not reject the Egyptians. 
We're not allowed to reject them. Go back to where we started. You know why? They took us in. But look at how much we suffered from them. Doesn't make a difference. They took you in. Can't hit them. You can't hurt them. Our sages tell us a very important lesson. What was the, what what happened with Adam and Eve? What was their sin? Our sages tell us that their sin was that they lacked gratitude. They did, and our job to repair for that sin is to always be focusing on giving thanks. If you think of our Amidah, our prayer that we say three times a day, what is it about? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then we also ask for things. Thank you for giving wisdom to mankind. Please give me some wisdom. Thank you for giving forgiveness for our sins. Please forgive me. Etc., etc. Thank you for giving healing. Please heal us. But it starts with giving a thanks. You understand? It's, it's in every area of life, we need to constantly repair that mistake of Adam and Eve where they lacked in giving gratitude appropriately. So what appreciation essentially does is draws people closer. When someone shows gratitude, it, 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 it brings a love between people. It brings a friendship between people. <clears throat> so I, I, I like to say that love is when someone doesn't act that they didn't need to do. When someone does something they didn't need to do, that's a sign of love. You know, what's the difference between a luxury and a necessity? A necessity you can't live without. A necessity you can't live without. Bread and water. What's a luxury? Right? A luxury you don't need. You can live without a luxury. So why do you have a luxury? That's net love. All love. Do you want to hear what the Talmud says about this? The most remarkable blessing we have after we eat fruits, not of the seven kinds of special species, but you eat an apple. There's a blessing you say after you eat an apple. If you eat chicken, meat, you know, a beautiful blessing. Very, very short blessing. The Talmud says about this blessing such amazing things. Okay, what is it? It says, nefoshot rabot I'll Read it to you right inside. Blessed are you, Hashem, our God, King of the universe, who creates numerous living things with all their needs. For all that you have created with which to maintain the life of every being. Blessed is he, the life of the worlds. I want to explain to you what this blessing means. Okay? God creates numerous living things 
with all their magic word needs all of their needs Talmud says you know what that means bread and water there's only two things that God God put us into this world right what does he need to give us he needs to sustain us what does he need to sustain us with bread and water that's it but God doesn't stop there he gives us well beyond what we need and for all that you have created with which to maintain the life of every being. To give life. What is that? Apples. Oranges. Fruits, vegetables. Isn't that amazing? That's not a necessity. That's a luxury. Do you know what happens every time you walk into the supermarket and you look at the beautiful colors that are in the vegetable aisle, in the fruit aisle? That's one big I love you note from God. Where God is telling you, I love you. Because he did not need to give that to you. The only thing God needs to give us is to sustain us, and that's bread and water. Everything above bread and water is a luxury. Did anyone come here by foot? Anyone? At the torch center, right? No? We all drove here. Guess what? Even if you didn't drive an Alexis, that's a luxury. Anyone here in Houston, Texas, we have high high temperatures in the summer, a little uncomfortable. Anybody here have a car that doesn't have air conditioning? That's a luxury. Right? In Duluth heating, I'm sure. I don't know how many people would survive without that. It's unbelievable. But we have to stop and recognize. When you walk into the supermarket, don't just say, uh, you know, just get caught up in the, which, which fruit am I going to pick? Stop for a second and look at the beautiful tapestry. You know, a friend of mine posts regularly on his status, he posts pictures of the sunset. Different beautiful pictures of the sunset that he, that he sees. He sees them, takes a picture, and posts them. And every time I write the same exact comment, that's a love note from God. That's a love note from God. I tell that to my children. When we look and we walk to shul Friday night and we see the beautiful sunset on the way to, on the way to shul, I tell them, guess what? You know what that is? It's Hashem telling you, I love you. God is telling you, I love you. But we have to stop and recognize. We have to realize how gifted we are. That God gives us so much, so much bounty. He gives us so much good. He's so kind to us. So we have two ways we can live life. We can live life in oblivion. And be miserable that we never have enough. Or we can realize what we really were supposed to get, which is bread and water. And everything above that is a great day. I once saw a great bumper sticker. It said, it it had a picture of grass. And it had on top of the grass, it said good. On the bottom of the grass, it said bad. 
right? As long as we're above the grass, we're good. When we're beneath the grass, perhaps not so good. Right? But, but, but let's, I, what I want to do here is, I, I, I don't know how to express this enough, is that it's such a simple thing we need to do. It's so simple. We need to stop and appreciate the things that are so, you know, we take, we take for granted. You know, we have electricity in our homes. A hundred years ago, they didn't. The technology, you know, your phone doesn't work fast enough. We, you know, people get all, you know, anxious. But if we stopped, you remember the first time? I remember the first time we sent a fax. So we called, we called like, did you get it? It's like, wow, it's amazing. It's amazing. Across the globe, we sent a piece of paper and they got it, right? And they're reading our letter. I remember we called our grandparents. We could, it was like amazing. It was in the 80s, right? It was unbelievable. And when we had our first cordless phone, remember that? And you had to, you pulled out this long antenna, right? And you're like, oh, I got a new cordless phone. I can walk all around the house. Oh, oh one second. I'm, I'm walking too far. I got to walk back closer to the, right? It's like, and suddenly it's like we have everything built in and everything is like, and are people happier? You know, by the way, do you know what the advertisement was for the, when they had the washing machine and dryer as a machine? Like, what are you going to do with all your free time? That was, that was what they said. And today, what are people saying? Like, ah, oh, I got another load of laundry, right? It's another load of laundry. It's all, it's an upside down world we're living in. Because we, we, we lost sight of what our needs are versus what our wants are, which is, by the way, uh, Neiman Marcus, the CEO of Neiman Marcus, said, we sell nothing that people need, only what people want. Right? The entire superstore, the entire, right? It's all about what people want, nothing that people need. That means that entire store is luxury. You can live your entire life without walking into Neiman Marcus and you won't be missing a thing. No, but, but it's true, right? It's not pleasant, I know. Okay, we have a, okay. Just give her the credit card and she'll be fine, okay? But this is, this is really, it's, it's a very important thing for us to constantly remember and instill in us every single day. We have to be grateful. We have so much good. And the minute, the minute we take our sight off how good we have it and how good our, and how gifted we are, we start feeling sad, perhaps depressed. We start feeling anxious. But I want this, but I want that, but how am I going to do it? Right? Stop, 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 stop. Let's get back to the basics. Let's thank God for everything that we have. Make that list. And if it's a list of 10 things, it's a good beginning. There should be a thousand things on that list. Did anybody ever thank God for having a left shoulder? Well, I'll tell you. I was once rounding second base on a baseball field and I slipped on a wet field and I fractured my left shoulder. I'll tell you, life is very miserable without being able to move. And I'm a righty. Yeah, but try to do anything with your only right hand. You need your left hand to hold the challah so you can cut it with your right hand, right? You can't take a shower with one hand. 
try to it's really it's a it's a an unbelievable gift when something sometimes goes wrong so that we can learn to appreciate um i in August, back in august i was playing basketball yeah i don't know the next time i get on a basketball court i think i'm done i'm retiring right <laughs> me and uh, michael jordan are done right our career is over um but either way so i i went on i was playing basketball with some young guys they were 18 year olds and the, you know i'm more than double their age and uh i was playing i played about four or five games and it was it was it was fun it was good i was i was passing and shooting and and and, pa- and running back and forth this full court and i was like it's great exercise i'm so excited so after the, I think it was the fourth or fifth game, I was like, okay, I think I should call it quits. And I'm like, you know what? I f- really feel good. I'm going to play one more game. It's always that one more game that you should never have done. And I really, I badly sprained my ankle and I wasn't able to walk for weeks. It was, it was, but you know what? I never realized what a gift it was to have a foot that works properly. It's such an amazing gift. So we have to, and now the blessing of being able to stand upright, zokef kifufim that we say every morning has a whole new meaning. Right? We had a young lady who came to our house. She was a bride the morning before her wedding. She woke up blind in one eye. And they called off the wedding. She flew to the, to, for this from Israel. She flew to, to Houston showed up at our house with her family and is being treated at MD Anderson, right? In one instant, she couldn't see anymore. She had a growth, right? And we think like, oh, I can see it. 2020, yeah, I can see, no problem. It's a gift. And if we stopped every day, and this is, it's, it's a free, this is a free ingredient for happiness, if we stop every day and be thankful for everything we have, we will never have a sad day in our lives. It is, it is the only ingredient we need. We'll talk about happiness. We're going to get there. And we're going to get to it from the other side. Right? You want to be happy, be grateful. Right? That, that's, that's the bottom line. The more grateful we are, the more we're able to stop and appreciate every single thing and not take a single thing for granted. I guarantee you a thousand is is nothing. A thousand things on your list. It can be much more than that. Now, take it to a frustrating situation where I had a a great story today, right? So I was like, perfect timing for this for this class so i had to send something i i my my phone cracked last week i was walking in my kitchen the floor was wet didn't realize and i went flying and my phone went flying and it crushed into a hundred pieces so i have a warranty i called up the warranty they sent me a replacement phone i have to send the replacement back so i had it ready to go put the label on Everything's ready to go. So today, my wife and I and the kids, we were out. My daughter was home, and it had a, a FedEx label on it. 
Okay. UPS knocks on the door and they say, hey, we're here for a pickup. So she sees a box. She just gives him the box. He slaps his UPS label on it and it's gone. <laughs> and now <laughs> it's going to the wrong place. So I still don't have a solution, but I had to be grateful. Think of this, okay? What? No, 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 but think of how amazing our world is, how advanced we are, that you tell people a few numbers and they can tell you where your item is on planet Earth. I'm sure everyone has ordered something from Amazon or from wherever, right? And you track your order. And you see that right now it's in uh, Illinois, and soon it's going to be in Oklahoma, and then it's going to be in Texas, right? Heading to your house. It's 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 remarkable. Are we grateful for it, or are we frustrated? How come it's not here yet? Right? But I think that in every situation that we're in, you're at the bank. Do you realize how amazing it is that you have a bank? We many times I think we're we're not appreciating how good we have it, and the more we're able to focus on the good that we have, on how blessed we are, the less issues we'll have in any area. We won't be frustrated, we won't be annoyed, right? We won't we won't lose our temper. I think this is a vital ingredient for our entire life. Of happiness. So our sages tell us that there are three reasons that we fail to see the abundance of goodness in our lives. Three reasons. Number one is that we're too absorbed in our worldly possessions, in our materialism. We're too absorbed. And this book was written 200 years ago. <laughs> if you think today we're materialistic, we are. Very, very extremely materialistic. Uh, by the way, <clears throat> okay, to the women out there, well, men, I'll get to you in a minute. To the women out there, has anybody ever walked into their closet and said, I have nothing to wear? I, I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how that's possible. I walked into my daughter's closet. I'm like, you have nothing to wear. Really? Why don't you take any of these 200 things or any, right? It's like, I don't understand. Well, however many there are, I don't know, but I, I didn't count. But it's like, I have nothing to wear. It's like, it's, we're too absorbed as, as, as human beings, right? Remember, we mentioned this previously. We spoke last week about alacrity by getting things done. What's our challenge is that we're heavy. We're materialistic. It's fault comes with us here today. We're too materialistic. We're heavy. Right, we we like more clothes and more shoes and more right more more right, and the more we have, the more we want. Not necessarily the happier we are. It's not. It doesn't. It, right. All right. The gifts, the gifts that we receive from the Almighty have become a norm. Just, we're used to it. It becomes norm. It becomes this is this is the way it is. So now I should. I'll give you an example. My rabbi told me, if you want to get into the frame of mind of Judgment Day before Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, 
take a walk through a hospital. He said, go to the hospital and you'll see how fragile we are. You'll see how with one complication, one slight complication, we have difficulty breathing. But right, God forbid, none of us should ever be plagued with any any illness ever. Amen. Say amen. Okay, but we're very very fragile. But we feel comfortable. It's been great till now. Everything will be great moving forward. We we think it's normal, and that's that's the second mistake. And the third mistake is that we focus too much on what we don't have. Uh, I know someone who started a business, and it's called, I don't remember the name of the business, but basically what it is is shopping in your own closet. And it's a remarkable business. It does very, very well. She goes shopping with people in their own closet. Many people buy things, and they hang them in their closet, and they never touch them. And they never they have the tag still hanging from them. Right? Matching new clothes, finding new new ways to use the clothes that they have. People don't people are always focusing on what they don't have. Oh, I don't have that. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have this. Close the windows. Don't go window shopping. Close the shades. Look inside. Look at how much I do have. Look how much I've been blessed with. So if we're able to take these three things, number one, not to be too absorbed in materialism. Number two, it's not normal. Don't get used to it. It's a gift. It's temporary. And number three, think about what you do have, not what you don't. These are tools that will change our lives. And it's almost guaranteed that we will have very enriched, enjoyable, happy, loving days and weeks and months and years of our lives. Get into the habit of saying it. There's an amazing organization that started a few years ago. It's called Thank You Hashem. And they've done remarkable things. By putting it out there, they used to, I was trying to get a hold of those, those rubber bands for everyone in the class. I'm going to see if I can get them. But they have these, 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 uh, these, um, bracelets that they were giving out to people. I think I gave them out a while ago. We gave them out over here. But thank you, Hashem. To always remember, wherever you go, say thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. It's such an important thing. Don't stop saying it. Right? You get into your car. Stop a second before you put that key in the ignition. Thank you, Hashem. Talk to him. You have a heating system when the temperature gets uh, drops, right? Thank you, Hashem. And never stop. Never break that, 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 that never stop saying thank you. Right? Don't get into a habit of just living life. There's so much within that we can just bring out. That's what appreciation is, is taking what we have within us already. It's already here. So we don't have to buy anything new to be happy. We don't have to 
you know, uh, pay uh, one of those uh, motivational speakers to sell you a product to then, you know, no, no, it's all within us. It's all within us. Everyone here today, everyone online, everyone here in the classroom, take it to heart. And if those of you listening on podcast or watching on YouTube, you don't need to acquire a single thing to be happy for the rest of your life. It's all within. Just learn the two words, thank you. Thank you to the Almighty for giving us life and everything that comes with it. Thank you to our parents. Thank you to our spouse, to our children, to our friends, to our neighbors, to our country. Do you know, I remember my rabbi once said this, he said, do you know what people would pay to have an American passport? Do you know what people would pay? You know what people would do? I may not remember what it's like in a third world country if you haven't been or if you haven't visited. People would pay anything in the world to have the freedoms we have. That's something we also need to be grateful for. You can get on an airplane and just fly to Israel. Right? Moses couldn't do that. You have to be grateful. My dear friends. I appreciate that all of you are here tonight. I appreciate that we were able to have this class. I appreciate this microphone and this camera that we're able to see so many beautiful faces. Here, I'll scan through so I can see everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Oh, wow. And I'm grateful that we're, we're able to talk and learn together and to grow, hopefully, together. So have a terrific evening. Please take out your your journal and make your summary what is this trait mark yourself how are you with being grateful for the things you have and then set yourself a goal for this week of what what we're going to do differently in becoming a person who's living an enriched life filled with gratitude my dear friends thank you so much have a terrific evening You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcasts.com.